Good rising and welcome to the Let's Talk podcast where the discussion gets personal. I'm your host, Matt Anthony, and today the block is hot. So many sports topics to be discussed. We're going to be talking about the Eagles' new head coach, uh, Nick Sirianni, who had a little if iffy press conference to start out. We're going to talk about the boneheaded comments from uh, the new Jets head coach, Robert Saylor, and how he feels the Jets fans compared to the Giant fans. I don't even know why little brother is uh, mentioning mentioning us in um, conversation. Worry about your own team. But we're going to get into that later. Uh, we're going to talk about the Bradley Beal situation and the Deshaun Watson situation. Uh, what teams do you feel they might go to uh, if that if they even leave? Uh, very uh, hot takes uh, to start off this week. All right. So stay with us. Stay tuned. Uh, this is the Let's Talk podcast. All right. And we're going to cut right to the interview with Nick Sirianni right now, just so y'all could hear uh, this uh, sort of blasphemy type of press conference. The man is not, to me, he doesn't sound like a leader as of yet. Who knows? I could be wrong, but let's cut to that interview, interview right now. Next thing that's very important to me is that we build a smart football team, that we have a smart football team here. And I know we have the, the people in place to do that. The first part of that, the first part of being smart is knowing what to do. We're going to we're going to know we're going to have systems in place that are easier to learn. All right. Complicated to the defense or offense that they're going against or the special teams group they're going against, but easy for us to learn. Because when we can put that, because we, when we can learn our system and we can get good at our system, then our talent can take over. Less thinking equals talent take over. But we need to have systems in place and we will have systems in place. We're going to have systems in place to make it easier for our guys and make it harder for the other guys. That's what I got from this interview. All right. A little bit about Nick Sirianni. He's the Colts offensive coordinator from 2018 to 2020. He's 39 years of age. He's a young guy, young coach. And basically, Jeffrey Laurie, the owner of the Eagles, brought this guy in because he wanted somebody who cares about people and the players and is sort of like a fixer. He wants this guy to be able to come in and help Wentz out because we all know Wentz had this god-awful season last year. The man looked uh, like a deer in headlights, all right? So he's labeled a quarterback fixer. Some deem him. How will he fix Wentz? I have no clue. First things first, you might want to fix some of uh, the problems outside of the quarterback situation with the Eagles, maybe something to do with that offensive line and maybe getting a few weapons out there on, you know, on the outside to help uh, Wentz out a little bit better. Maybe somebody that could catch a couple balls, right? But that's besides the point. The Eagles pick six this year. They should get an offensive playmaker at that pick. But this dude, Nick Sirianni, all right, didn't call plays. Didn't call plays for the Colts. That was Frank Wright's uh, um, play calling right there. The man was brought into the Colts organization to help mold the game plan and to uh, shape how the quarterbacks of the Colts are going to go out there and ball, which they did in Rivers, Brissett, and Luck before the retirement. But still, the man and from the press conference, what I see, it's not a leader. What is he going to do? What is he going to change? He's, of course, he's going to bring his own personnel in there. But what is he really going to change? How is he going to fix Wentz? All right. That is my discussion. Let me tell you, I don't believe in it one bit. We're going to bring systems in place. I can't wait to see these systems. I want to know what you're going to do in the NFC East when you come and play my Giants. So when you go and play the Cowboys, 
You're going to play even the Washington football team. They're on the rise. What is Nick Sirianni going to do? That's the question. My take, they're going to run him out of there before before uh, this even starts off. You know why? Philly, a rough town, rigid. They want some ballers out there. And frankly, we don't care about the system. You feel me? Who's going to care about the system when you're not getting wins at the end of the day? Nobody. So these systems that Nick Sirianni is going to put in place, I hope it changes the culture. I hope it changes the way because a lot of boys out there in Philly aren't happy with the situation that that's going on. All right. And I know a lot of boys in Philly want Jalen Hurts to start. I want to see Jalen Hurts start. I'm done with Wentz. Wentz needs to be shipped off. But if he's going to come in here and fix Wentz, let's see what he could do. All right. This is the Let's Talk podcast where the discussion gets personal. Nick Sirianni, good guy, means well. Is he fit to be a head coach yet? I don't know. Only time will tell. But this conversation, the first start of this interview, horrible. And and you know what? I don't like to judge people, but I'm going to judge this man. Come with some notes ready. Come better prepared. And uh and give and give us give us some some hype. Give us, and I'm saying us as you know, I mean Eagles organization. I'm not an Eagles fan, but give those boys over there some some something to be happy about, something to be like, okay, this is great. Not this boneheaded interview that he just gave. Because to be honest, as a as an ex bowler, as a as a retired bowler, I'm not getting hyped for this. I'm not. Coach pulls up like this. I'm like, okay, how are we going to get there? What are we going to do? Press conference sounded whack. Hopefully the, the guy steps up and brings some more, uh, some more, some more funk to the, to the organization and not just be a player, a coach who cares about his players and, and what the systems are. I've seen it before. The offensive coordinator becomes a head coach. Flat out stinks. We've seen it with the Giants and Pat Schumer. The man cared about his players. Couldn't win football games, all right? You need somebody in there that's going to be a leader of men, not to just put systems in place and and pat pat yourself on the back when good things happen because bad things are going to happen, all right? This is the Let's Talk podcast where the discussion gets personal. Let's move forward. Let's move forward into Deshaun Watson. Where will he end up? I don't know. The man's a baller. He doesn't deserve... To uh, he doesn't deserve the way he's been treating it out there in Houston, which Houston. I hear a lot of things about Houston. And the organization from top to bottom is a little little iffy. I wouldn't I would never want to play ball in Houston. All right. Never. Just the way they seem like they treat their players and this new GM, too. He's he's coming in. He doesn't even address Deshaun Watson by his first name. He says the player. Why would I want to play for somebody like that? Just call me the player. But that's besides the point. My top three destination for Mr. Watson would be Miami, the Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, San Francisco 49ers, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think I would rather see him in uh, Pittsburgh just because the head coach Mike Tomlin, he works with players. Pittsburgh, I know Ben Roethlisberger is getting older. Why not bring this man in? Offload a couple of your assets, some first-rounders, for Deshaun Watson, it will help in the long run because your quarterback situation is iffy because Ben Roethlisberger, he doesn't have it anymore. I'm telling you, it's a wrap for him. 
the last few games of the season, he was throwing ducks, looked horrible, can't throw the deep ball, and you know he can't run the ball either. So it's time to focus on getting yourself a quarterback for the future, and Deshaun Watson is just that. Go after him by all means what it takes. It's probably going to take you about three to four draft picks, first rounders, and maybe some offensive firepower in return. And you know what? The Steelers have that. You could give them a little bit. That draft capital, give them some draft capital. All right? But what about the Giants? I saw this uh, earlier in the week from Dan Orlovsky on uh, ESPN First Take or Get Up. And he was talking about offloading all our assets. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and three to four first rounders. Is that something us Giants fans want to do? I'm going to tell you right now, I don't. Even if it's for a superstar in Deshaun Watson, do you think I want to offload all my assets for this guy? And this, and these, these could be future superstars. You get what I'm saying? Future superstars. And they want us to give, us, give, give up Saquon Barkley. I think that that right there would make the deal go through if we give up Saquon. But do, do we want to do that? I mean, Saquon, injury-ridden a little bit, coming off an ACL injury. He has a fifth-year option. We're going to have to pay him soon. Do we want to do that? I don't know, but in all honesty, I'm not ready to say goodbye to Saquon. Daniel Jones is, is on thin ice with me. I don't know. Something about him. He, I mean, he has great accuracy. He could throw the deep ball. But this year... I wasn't digging it, you know, so maybe I would be OK with that. But then again, my heart would hurt. So I'm I'm on thin ice with Danny Dimes. So I would say no. I say his best bet is to go to Miami or the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers being my favorite, because you know what? At the end of the day, Deshaun Watson needs to do what's best for him. And Houston is not it. They don't listen to him. They're not going to change the culture. The culture over there is is uh, is very, very iffy towards, you know, a black quarterback, per se, over there in Houston. They, they seem to be more in the onus of this. This is my team. These are my players. And they're not going to really try to fix it. You know, you have to go out there and you have to play football just because we say so. And the game is changing. For for these players out here, especially these black players who are who are noticing that, to be honest, they're in control. The owners might think they're in control, but no, the players are in control and they're starting to get more of what they want. And you know what? It's time for Deshaun Watson to get what he wants because they have done nothing for him this past year. They let go of all the offensive weapons. You know, they give him no say in who to bring in. Nope. Time to go. It's clipped. All right. So Deshaun Watson, we're rooting for you to see you maybe in some in 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 some Giants blue. I know it's a long shot; it's probably not going to happen. But if you want to wear that Pittsburgh uh, that Pittsburgh uh, gold, go for it by all means. I think it's a great a great destination for you to go. All right. What will happen? What will happen? I don't know, but I think that the deal may happen somewhere between training camp when training camp hits before the fines, because I know he's not going to show up, but I don't think it's going to happen on draft night. 
even though the Jets have all the assets in the world to go and grab Deshaun Watson with uh, two first-rounders this year and two first-rounders next year. They could go and do it on draft night, but I don't think a deal gets done. But we will see Deshaun Watson in a different uh, uniform next year. We will. Only time will tell where he goes. Because the man can bowl. He got a lot left in the tank. And Houston is doing him wrong. Watch watch out, Houston, because you might not get any free agents. People, people and players might not want to go see the organization or play for the organization. So y'all better start doing a in-house sort of cleanse and look yourself in the mirror and reflect on some of the cultural norms that you have there in Houston right now and might want to change it up a little bit. Maybe start listening to a few of your players out there and maybe things will be more smoothly. All right. That's all I have to say on that, on that note. Moving forward, I have to address this because it just had me so like mind boggled and and messed up for a little bit as to why with this new Jets head coach. And yeah, he's a good coach. He was a defensive coordinator for uh, San Francisco for a few years. The man's a baller, loves football, good guy named Robert Saylor. But he had the nerve to go on air and question the Giants fans' passion for their team. And to be honest, I believe that us Giant fans are the most passionate fan base for professional sports, considering also via the New York Knicks, you know, my squad also. Why would he even mention the Giants? Why do all new Jet coaches have to always mention the Giants? Are we big brother? Is, it, is, is that what's going on? Is there a little bit of jealousy? Little brother versus big brother? I don't know. But I don't understand why Robert Saylor, he goes on the air and he says that Jet fans are more invested in their team than Giant fans as to why are why are we even coming up in discussion? And, you know, you know, we could we could talk about it. This is let's talk. We're going to talk about it. But it makes it literally made no sense. Just worry about your team. Worry about what you're doing on draft night. Worry about the personnel you're going to be bringing in to your organization to make your fans want to love and and be part of something special, just like what we're doing over here in, you know, New York Giant land, in, in G-Men territory, which basically you rent out the stadium. So don't talk. Don't talk. Don't talk trash. All right. Lace your chin strap up. Get your boys together. And just go ball and stop worrying about us Giants. Makes no sense all the time. Rex Ryan did it. Didn't work out for him. And by the way, the, the Jets, the Jets had a super fan, right? They had a super fan a few years back. And the man quit on the team and said, I'm not a Jets fan anymore. Out of frustration of what's been going on with the organization for year in, year out, year and year and year and year, the same thing going on he's been frustrated and he left i forget the super fan's name or whatever probably big jet or something big green man or whatever but the man said i'm done and i'm pretty sure he's a dolphins fan today he kept it he kept it in the afc east he's a dolphins fan which is hilarious but i'm sorry robert or coach sailor those comments that you uh 
that you addressed just made no sense. You're, you're the clown of the day, all right? And there's no way in hell that the Jet fans are more invested in their team than Giant fans. I mean, you haven't even been to the Super Bowl since 1968. Work on getting some W's underneath your belt. Work on the draft, all right, this upcoming draft, because you have the two pick. Maybe you want to get Justin Fields or make a play for Deshaun Watson with it. But worry about that and worry about free agency and, you know, worry about implementing systems, all right, for you to be successful so those fans, you know, could come to the games and be passionate and not worry about, you know, what the Giants are doing, what Big Brother is doing on the other side of the stadium and how are they accomplishing their goals and us Giant fans being invested in our team. It makes no sense for you to talk about our team when you just got hired about a week and a half to two weeks ago with with the Jets. People always stick in their, their, their nose in something that, that has nothing to do with them. See it all the time. And then you want to come and clarify the comments made. No, the damage has been done because you already said it. You already said it. You can't unsay it. All right. And I know a lot of Giant fans took uh, took that to heart, what you said, because honestly, I know a lot of Giant fans like you for the Jets and supported that decision. But now uh, I'm not going to support that. You know, now it's animosity. Now it's uh, now it's when we play you and I'm pretty sure it's every four years. So we might see them next year or the year after that. It's war. It's the battle of New York. And we're going to come to kick you in the mouth just for talking, just for talking trash when you didn't need to talk trash. Okay. Sorry, uh, Coach Sailor. You better have your boys ready. All right. This is the Let's Talk podcast where the discussion gets personal. And I'm your host, Matt Anthony. The lastly, the thing that I want to discuss that's eating me up inside, that's tearing me apart is this Bradley Beal situation, all right? This Bradley Beal situation with the Washington Wizards. And I feel so sorry for the brother that night in and night out, he's battling, he's leading the league in in points per game at 35, basically. It's five rebounds a game and five assists. And he leads all his, his, his team in all categories, you know, points, assists, rebounds, steals, blocks. And the team is at the bottom half of uh, the division and the conference at 4-12. and Yeah, they beat the Nets yesterday in a high-scoring game at 149, 140, 148, or 145 or something like that. I don't know. But, yeah, they, they did win the game in the final seconds where they scored, I think, eight unanswered in 10 seconds or something like that. And they won the game. But still, there's no defense being played out there. And let me just, let me just be straight. The Washington Wizards are playing with a bunch of scrubs on the court. If it's not for Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, who we know is regressing before our eyes as with age gets older, they just have no defensive identity. They're dead last in, in, in defense. And by the way, my New York Knicks are, you know, I'm pretty sure they're still number one. If that, I checked the stats today. They're number one in defense. Kudos to Tom Thibodeau 
doing his thing out there, even though we uh, lost to the Clippers last night. That's besides the point. But back to the Wizards. They, they, they're dead last in defense. All right. And Bradley Beal, of course, the frustration is rising. What like what can happen for this to, to change? Obviously, a trade. A trade to either Philly, L.A. and New York, the Knicks should be some suitors. But a trade to those three teams, I believe, would fix the situation. And of course, the Wizards start winning games because winning heals all wounds. Right. You win games, people get happy again. Trust me, I know this firsthand. So maybe if they start winning games, it will change. But right now, I know Bradley Beal, he says he wants to stay in Washington. Let's be real. That's not true. If he could have a chance to go elsewhere, it would work out and he would love it. All right. But they're 4-12 right now. Dead last in defense. And it's still mounting. Let's get Bradley Beal out of here. The best, the best case scenario for me, I would like to see him in a New York Knicks uniform. But I believe he would be well off in L.A., Clipperland, and they would have a squad. And I feel like with him implemented in a Clippers uniform, it would just space out the floor much better. Chemistry, to me, would be so much better between Paul George and Kawhi Leonard because I feel like those two, it's just like, okay, it's my turn to score, your turn to score. They don't really seem like they have chemistry and it's tight-knit. Yes, they're they're the best three-point shooting team right now in the league, but they still seem like they're clashing heads. Like it don't work. Like this, your turn. Now it's my turn to score. I feel like if Bradley Beal was in that situation, he would help the offense like greatly come together, share the ball. And it's not just like my turn, my turn, my turn, my turn. You know, you get what I'm saying? So I feel like the Clippers organization is the best fit for Bradley Beal. Will a deal get done before the deadline? Probably not. I just feel like the Wizards do not want to offload Bradley Beal just because of frustrations. I believe that they think that they could fix it and they'll be better in the end run with Bradley Beal than, you know, saying, I'm going to get all these uh, first rounders for this superstar player and we're going to just build this from the ground up again. My opinion, I say you deal Bradley Beal, you get your assets that you could get for him. So you, you get your draft capital and then you keep moving on from that. But that's why I'm over here and they're over there in management, right? That's besides the point. Bradley Beal, I want to say keep balling, keep doing your thing. And hopefully one day we see you in a New York Knicks uniform. Because I know I would love to see it. I know a whole bunch of other players and people would love to see it, you know? Because it's only right. The man has been with the Wizards since he's been in this league. Never really getting it done, finding an identity. The Wizards are always like a team that's overlooked. I'm not caring about them. I know you're not caring about the Wizards. And back when I was in my undergrad, I had to follow the Wizards for a class. And there really wasn't no identity back then. And it still seems like it's the same thing. So I don't know. You got to fix it. You got to find a way to get the hell out of Washington, out of the Capitol. Because Nothing good is coming out of there right now. All right. This is the Let's Talk podcast where the discussion gets personal. And oh, by the way, I just want to just want to point this out. 
the New York Knicks, let's make a run for somebody. Kevin Knox has literally shied away from uh, from uh, from uh, the lineup. He was a did not play. He didn't play when we played uh, the Clippers. Coach's decision. I think he's averaging about 2.9 points over the last string of, what, 10 games, I think. And his shooting percentage has just dropped all the way to the ground. And and I'm seeing this before our eyes, and I'm like, Kevin, your time in New York is coming to an end. Because, all right, we've seen it with Coach Fisdale. And now Tom Thibodeau has... Uh, sort of washed you away out of the out of the lineup, at least out of the eight-man rotation, to where you're not getting even minutes. You know, we're sticking to an eight-man rotation. You're not even getting minutes because we can't rely on your shot. And you can't do it on your own. You can't create for yourself. So I'm beginning to feel like Kevin Knox's time in, in New York is coming to an end. And I'm okay with that. You know why? Because let's go and package a deal with him, Frank, and maybe the Mavericks' first-rounder. Maybe we could get a little bit for him. Maybe we make a play at Zach Levine or Bradley Beal. I'm all for that because you know what? I'm getting sick and tired of uh, seeing Kevin Knox, Kevin Knox is on the bench. I know he has something to offer, but he hasn't been doing anything lately. So I think his time in New York is coming to an end. I, I'm pretty sure Frank Nindakina's time in New York is coming to an end. And Dennis Smith Jr., whose time is done in New York, he's actually asked to go to the D League so he could get some minutes. I think his time is done also. And you know what? I'm happy with that because we're building a culture in New York and a sort of grit and grind and hustle. And these ball, these, these boys are balling. Emmanuel quickly, you know, uh, RJ Barrett, Julius Randall balling. We still have Austin Rivers coming off the bench, giving us 13 basically a night. Did that versus the Clippers or whatever. I think it's time to make a play for one of these uh, superstars because you know, we're starting to emerge as some comp, you know, Emmanuel quickly out there, our cover athlete. He's been balling lights out. The man should be a starting point guard right now. But you know what? He's still young. He still has things to learn, even though he's given us 25 point performances every night. And, you know, boys around the NBA are taking notice and paying homage like, you know, Dame Lillard and them talking on the phone or Lou Will giving him that at the game and, you know, recognizing this kid. He has a he has a bright future in the league. So I think we find our starting point guard right there. But I think it's time to cut ties with some of the dead weight like Kevin Knox and, you know, Franklin Aquino, who's never really found his identity in this league. I mean, as for he's just a defensive specialist. Okay. But nowadays, boys need to score, you know, the ball. So I think it's time to let those boys go. And Dennis Smith Jr.'s time is done, too. Let's why don't we package those boys together, maybe a first and a first and go get somebody that, you know, could actually contribute to the offense, you know? But that's just my next take. Sorry, I went off on a little bit of a tangent. This is the Let's Talk podcast where the discussion gets personal. I'm your host, Matt Anthony, and please remember to follow us on all social media platforms. The Instagram page is Let's Talk Sports 40, and then from there, you go to the link in the bio and go from Anchor to YouTube and just check out all the content we have on all the different pages. Please remember to like and subscribe to all the pages because you know what? We're going somewhere. And I want to say thank you to all the fans out there who keep supporting me and keep uh, are going to be rocking with this uh, vibe for a little bit. All right. Stay tuned for more content to follow. This is the Let's Talk podcast. I'm your host, Matt Anthony. Thank you. It's been a, been a great one. All right. Have a good one. Good week. All right.